Yes, 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 people. It is a day four of the BFI London Film Festival, and ah, we have another packed episode. So today we've got two films and an interview. So um, yeah, some. Definitely interesting stuff, people. Definitely some interesting stuff. So, sit back, relax, and let's get things popping. Okay, so, um... Yeah, sometimes it's hard to know what the hell you've just watched, right? So, Sound for the Future. This is a film by director Matt Hulse. And it is peculiar. (laughs) I think that is... That's probably the, the, you know, the best way to... um, Describe it. It is very peculiar. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, <sighs> produced by Ashley Horner, Amira Requals. You could say that (laughs) Hulse wrote the film as well. Um, (laughs) Because, I don't know. To to think it was written, yeah, that's an odd one. That really is. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, featuring in it is uh, Hulse. Along with Toby Cartwright, Sarah Cole, Jamie Hawley, um, Polly Hulse, uh, Ruth, his mother, right? And, um, yeah, I guess the gist of the film is this, right? The Hippies were a bizarre English punk band formed in 1979 by the Hulse children, Toby 12, Matt 11, and Polly 8. Their cassette album, A Sound for the Future, featured songs about disease, assassination, and the Ant- Ant- <laughs> Antarctic, hmm. echoing the naive charm of the Shags and Daniel Johnson. The band performed ticketed live shows for their mother, managers, kindly and chaotic group of friends. Part of the ramshackle Cambridge squat scene. The homeless, drunks, animal right activists, junkies, cross-dressers and a pair of gay Franciscan friars. Using archive music of the period and poetic reimaginings of key episodes from the past. Director Matt Hulse, the band's drummer, promises an energetic, jarring, 
comical musical ride through a part-remembered, kaleidoscopically fractured family history. I think you, you watch it and you think, is this a retelling of the past? Is it, like, is it something that should be told to a therapist? It is strange. It is very strange. You know, so... Yeah, it, we're, we're seeing, like, photos of the past. You know, we're seeing family videos. And all of this to try and, you know, tell this story. There's a lot of... Kind of a weird... Spoken word element. Which is footage from a, a, them in a pub. I think which was part of Hulse's 50th birthday. So all of this is all kind of meshed together. To um, yeah tell this film. And so I think he's like. At the beginning he you know he talks about trying to do it. And then his producer quits. Now, we don't know if he stayed quitted or or what, right? Because supposedly there is footage of him at the beginning. And it would be after the fact. So it's just like, what happened? Like, who knows? Who friggin' knows? But he then... Gets a Scottish kind of youth theatre group. I think they're called The Bold. To help him with this endeavour. Which. Yeah. It's interesting. Right. So he kind of cast them as himself and his siblings. But. You kind of get, which is odd, like, two groups that play the siblings. And one group has a boy playing his sister Polly. So you're just like, wait, what? Like, what do you do? Huh? You know, it's very odd. Because you have this one group who are playing his siblings... And then towards the end, we see another group playing his siblings. So it is very confusing at that point. And we have all of, you know, all of this. So they're they're doing this stuff and they are now, like, I think, reading elements from his diary, like, you know, songs that he wrote, like, songs that make no sense, right? And... I don't know, to cast them as punk might be a little stretch, right? It might be a little stretch. Like, we see him, is like, talking to the kids. And there's one point, and they're looking at a picture, and he's like, oh, do you know what she's doing? And they're like, no. He's like, oh, she's rolling a spliff. And I thought it was fascinating. So I tried to roll my own using tea. And you're just like, wait, why are you? Telling this to little kids Like what the fuck are you doing man So yeah there's some weird shit 
There's some weird shit. Like, there's a scene where you see a kid pouring alcohol into a cup and then drinking it. And you're thinking, either those alcohol bottles are empty, right? And full, you know, not empty, but filled with water. Or <laughs> that's weird. You know, you're thinking, I mean, hopefully they. Switch the cups, right? And that kid is now drinking water. But who knows? Because there is there's so much oddness going on that, yeah, anything could be happening. And we're getting all of this other stuff happening. So, you know, he, he at one hand, we're getting the retelling of this band getting formed. This band that you're thinking, were they really a band? Like, Kind of what? Like what happened? You know, and we keep on getting kind of mentions of his brother Toby, who supposedly left the band, disbanded the band, and like but Toby didn't want to be in the film. So Toby isn't so it's you know, this whole thing it never is really addressed. Like why he isn't in the film, like, what the situation is between him and Toby, like, is Toby alive, who knows, right, it is handled in such an odd way that you're just like, is Toby even really a thing, (laughs) like, is the, is this boy in the picture really his brother, like, is this some weird hoax that all of these people are playing on us, who knows, Right, so there is all of this happening. Then there's kind of talk on, like he his mum and dad getting divorced. Right, his mum and dad getting divorced, and all of this, and we've got his mum, like talking about her, her kind of beliefs of what love is. <laughs> you know, like he's like, oh. Yes, yeah, so, you know, some people think, oh, did I choose between love and freedom? And I'd say I chose freedom. But then I think love is more than this and it's this. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no concept of what you're talking about. And like, he kind of adds this other footage within the film, like these other kind of weird things that are going on. Like, there's a scene with a a woman drawing on a white canvas and then two guys building a structure of cardboard boxes. And he's then, you know, narrating what's supposedly happening. He's like, oh, well, this kind of depicts, you know, the feminine struggle in life and their subjugation. And you're like, what? (laughs) That doesn't really make any sense. Like, a lot of the stuff that we see on the screen makes no sense whatsoever. You know, it's just a weird construction of images, sounds, and all of this. And you're kind of perplexed. I ain't gonna lie. You are kind of perplexed, right? Now, he he's also talking about his... You know, he took up tap dancing, 
And so we have all of this. Right? And we see, like, these kids practicing. We see them reading, like, lines and holding up this tape. But you're kind of like, I don't really know how all of this is meant to be playing into your film, right? There's a lot of audition that we see. Then we kind of see them out and about, right? They're standing in front of things, taking photos and all of this. And a lot of kind of, you know, they dress the kids up to look like... um, you know, what the what the siblings look like at this certain point, because there's a picture that is, we see a lot, that is referenced, with the three of them, you know, Matt, Toby and Polly standing there. So all of the, the, the Scottish kids from this theatre group are, you know, all meant to be recreating this one image a lot of the time, right? And... Yeah, <laughs> it's it's peculiar. We then have other footage of like another band playing, right? This weird kind of you know band, and then this guy, and everyone in a, this dark room jumping around, and you're thinking, how is this tying into everything? Don't know. Like, Matt goes and gets a tattoo. <laughs> we see that. And you're like, uh, what part is this playing? What is this? So you you are thinking, is this is kind of a therapy session? Like, what is going on? You know, there's a lot of scenes of the mum talking. It is very, very odd. Then it kind of seems to be moving somewhere. And it's like, oh, are they actually shooting something? Right? And so now we get this other group of kids playing, (laughs) you know, the siblings. And we have this whole thing of now there's a rival band. Which... I don't know, maybe I've missed something, but it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, we got this rival band and this other stuff. And it all kind of culminates in this kind of scene in a field. Right? Scene in the field, they're burning stuff and all of this. And it it's peculiar, right, it's kind of this jumble, now, all of this, I'm sure it just sounds odd, right, it is intriguing, you are watching this thing, and you're like, huh, okay, right, we're getting this weird insight into House's childhood, his upbringing, and I guess, you know, the what it's done to his life, 
right? There's there's a point where he talks about, you know, his mum, and like they went to live with the dad, and so they just saw the mum during school holidays, and how now like he create he he became attached to someone who was very aloof. And I think he's now kind of. He needs to kind of find that within his life. And it's all very, it's very friggin' bizarre. It is bizarre. You know? We don't really get any answers. We don't get any answers whatsoever. But we do get this weird mismatch of things. This just weird explosion of creativity that is leading to something, but who knows what, right? Who for the life of you knows what? But, yeah, (laughs) you're watching it like a fly on the wall, and it's fascinating right it, it it's fascinating and you're thinking well surely there must be there must be something that they they're looking for something that they've discovered but i do not know <laughs> i don't know right there's this odd kind of I don't know, there's this Snoopy thing And we and we see that Like his childhood it Says it's his childhood best friend Who knows if that's really true Right? It's hard to tell It really is And I, I don't know what else to tell you people It's It's strange Sound for the future is so, so, so strange But It is also kind of compelling It It is kind of compelling <laughs> And I guess if you want to um, Yeah, if you want to try and Get some sort of insight into this craziness Right If you want to kind of look at this and think Huh What did they create Right (laughs) What have they done Well you can watch it On the BFI iPlayer It's available today Up until 8.30 on Tuesday the 13th of October so, maybe you can work out if the hippies were actually a thing. If this film is actually a thing. <laughs> if it makes any sense whatsoever. But yeah, Matt House's Sound for the Future. It's out there, people. It's out there for you to discover.
Okay, so you never know what you're going to expect when you watch a film. And, like, sometimes you're, you're, you see a clip and you have, I guess, certain prelections to what it's going to be, right? And when you actually watch it, it fucks you up, man. It completely takes you unguarded. And, uh, yeah, fuck you, Kathy Brady, because, god damn it, Wildfire is a film that, man, really just gets under your goddamn skin, it really does, man, I have to say, listen, right, so when the BFI um, kind of announced their program. Like Wild Life, Wildfire was a film that was, it was kind of in the presentation. So you saw a little clip, and the little clip taken out of context, right? I think it gives you the idea of something that it's not. Right, it just seems like it's one of those films and, you know, families argue, blah, blah, blah. We've seen them before. It is kind of tired ground. This is not that film. It definitely is not that film, people. So, yeah, if you saw a clip and you thought one thing, trust me, it's different. Okay, so this film is written and directed by uh, Kathy Brady. It's actually her directorial debut, feature film directorial debut. Okay, it's produced by Carlo Crestodina, Charles Steele, and David Collins, and it is starring. And it is starring Nora Jane Noon. We've also got Nika McCowan, um, Martin McCain. Uh, let me just say so Noon is Lauren, McGowan is Kelly, they are sisters, McCain. Is Lauren's husband Sean And then we have Kate Dickey As Veronica Um, And We got Olga Worley Who is Kelly and Lauren's mother And I believe I think it's Veronica's sister Okay, so, um, yeah, I'd say they're our main cast, okay, and the, the gist of the film is this, Kelly was missing, believed dead, but now she's back, and the whole town is talking, angry and confused, her sister Lauren takes her in, 
but finds herself increasingly torn between family loyalty and damage limitation. Kelly is unpredictable and the spectre of mental illness that dogged their late mother hangs thick in the air. As their bond intensifies, historic resentments give way to a shared need to confront the events that scarred them as children. But the legacies of the past are political as well as personal. On the Irish border, and they soon find themselves on a collision course with everyone around them. This... See, the thing with this film is there are a lot of questions, right? There are a lot of questions, but they're not necessarily answered. But you kind of find yourself, it doesn't matter. Because then what suddenly you find yourself watching is just this intense personal I guess, quest, I mean, that's the only way I can really, you know, describe it, it's a goddamn, you know, it's a quest for redemption, you know, answers, like love, it's, uh, it's intense as hell, really is intense as hell, so, um, yeah, as said, look, it, 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 well, we start off with um, footage of, it's kind of, you know, it's actual footage of politicians talking about this hard border and just the effects of Brexit and what it will bring. This island is, it's an interesting place, right? It, you know, because everyone talks about I guess, you know, issues in, yeah, like Jerusalem and Palestine and, and places like that. But I think people forget Ireland because Ireland, it's not big. It isn't big, but it's split. The country is split between the north and the south. And we've got you know, Northern Ireland that is part of the United Kingdom, and then, you know, Southern Ireland, which is the Republic, which broke away, and there is this conflict, this conflict has been there for a goddamn a long ass time, right, and, you know, the IRA, there was Bombings, just so much, so much came from, like, it is why kind of London is surrounded by the Iron Curtain, right, but when people talk about surveillance, there is so much surveillance in London, which is historically there because of, you know what I mean, because of just all the conflict, the IRA and the bombings and just everything like that, right? I think everyone's forgotten, but yeah, they tried to blow up Margaret Thatcher, 
you know, it had a party political conference. It it was crazy. It's intense, and you know the fact that, as you know, there was an armistice, right, which kind of is talked about in the film, and everything kind of died down, but it's still bubbling, still bubbling. But all of that is kind of coming back to the surface, and. You kind of think, oh, is this going to be a political film? And it's not really a political film, but it does explore, right? It explores the repercussions, right? The scars that were left. And yeah, so we start off with talk of that, but then we are... We're on a ferry, right? We're on a ferry and we're with Kelly. Now, we don't really know anything, but you get an understanding that, yeah, something is odd here, right? You kind of think, is she a stowaway? Like, what's happening? Because we see her kind of sneak into a a room and eat some food that isn't hers, then we see her washing herself and clothes in a in a bathroom. And you're just like, oh, what's going on? And then when she's leaving the boat, she gets stopped. Right? She gets stopped and searched. Right? She gets strip searched. Which is just down to your underwear. Don't worry. Okay? Um... Now, she, like, what they say is, you're not under arrest, we have seen that you were reported missing, do we want, do you want us to, you know, contact anyone, and she's like, no, 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 so you're like, oh, what is happening here, and we see her, yeah, like, hitching a ride, so it's a bit like, wait, what, huh? Because you could probably could have got a ride from the authorities, but for some reason. So there is definitely something going on. And we do not know. But she gets a ride. And it's late at night. And then we see her sitting. Kind of, I guess, getting her thoughts together. And you just hear a rustling in the bushes. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Someone trying to rape her? Is like, And then we hear a growling. And there's wolves. And you're like, wait, what? I know those wolves in Ireland. Like that. So she's running for her life from these wolves. And then we have her, like, frantically knocking at a door. And Sean answers. So he's shocked to see her. And she goes into the house and he's like, oh, yeah, Lauren's at work, should be home soon. Right? So then you're thinking, okay, right. So Lauren is her sister. And, um, right, so Lauren comes home, sees her in bed. And you can see that there is something there, right? There's something there. And she's just like, she goes in the room and she's sitting there watching her sleep. And it's just like, just that as a moment. It's just like, whew. You know, so 
that she wakes up, no one's in the bed, and she's like, <gasps> what's happening? Has she, has she run away? But she's made a breakfast. But then we see like, uh, the anger. The anger is there. And she's shouting, and she's like, leave, leave. And, you know, Kelly is crying and just wants to stay. He's begging to stay. So... You know, Lauren repents and lets us stay But just in that moment Right, just in that moment In that scene We see the underpinning of this film Because that, people, is the relationship between Kelly and Lauren And I I have to say, look The acting from... Nora Jane Noon and Nika McGowan is incredible. It is incredible, man. Because it really kind of reflects that intensity, you know, that bond. We really see just a tremendous bond between these two. Right, so you, there might be anger, but then it, it's just replaced with the love, and we see it, we believe it. Right, that you like if you didn't know, you would think these two are sisters. Right, that's how incredible this performance is. It just blows you away, like. There's a scene in the film of them dancing in a pub, right? And it's it's crazy. Like the scene is crazy because it is so intense. It is just so intense, and you just man, the energy that is just radiating from the screen. Man, right, and from that, from that, we we definitely look. So throughout the film, we we kind of are getting kind of flashes of the the eighties, right? So the bombings, the IRA situation, and all of that, and it really explodes here, right? Really explodes in this moment. And it is, <laughs> yeah, it's serious, man. But the the way that it's captured, it is just it's goddamn powerful, man. It really is, because it really just kind of shows you their bond, right? Because they. They will protect each other Right You know It's We see things go From You know because as I said look in the uh, You know synopsis That You know there's talk In the town And you know Lauren starts off Angry and confused and we See that but Everything Kind of culminates in, in them 
re-establishing their connection and just protecting each other. And this scene, this moment, just really establishes, you know, it's them against everyone else, right? And all the other performances, all the other performances in that moment, it is kind of chilling. Because we've got the, you know, the IRA people up in there, you know, it's the pub owner. And I think it's that tightrope, right? Where, you know, because essentially the girls have not done anything wrong. But it's walking that line, right? Because you don't want everything to bubble over. And and it's all very tense, very fucking tense. But it's, I think, also the thing that is shown is, like, the power of words and how fucking shitty people can be. Because everyone, like, knows what happened to their mother, but you get people talking and murmuring and muttering and just doing these things that I think is kind of like perceived as nothing, probably, by some. But you can see there's people that do like Lauren, you know, some of her work colleagues and everything like that, but just the way that they're reacting and just going about things is, it's not great, right, it's not great, and you would kind of think, like, what are you doing, like, what the fuck are you doing, but, um, yeah, they just don't see it, they don't get it, they don't understand, so it's all, everything is just building and building and building, right, and, yeah, we see like this react, this erratic behavior with Kelly. We do see that, and it is handled in a really good way, right? Because I think the issue is in a lot of films we then see, you know, that kind of a dealing with mental illness and stuff like that. We see someone, you know, they'll they'll be like, you know, doing things like cutting themselves or. I don't know, talking to themselves, like, in the street, like, you know, maybe with no clothes, or any, and you just be like, oh, I mean, that's a bit much, yes, people can do those things, but it's not always like that, right, and I think Brady handles all of this with just such a subtle touch that is perfect, Right, it, it, it is just, you know, done really well. And we see it, it's all there, right? And you just. I guess it's, it's, it's one of those things because it's just like, is it that? Or like, is it something else? Right, like, and you're kind of trying to view things without prejudice, 
but you do notice these things, there is a moment in the film where you kind of see this thread break, right, you kind of, and it it's like this whole garden situation, and you know, Lauren's not quite sure how to handle it because, like, in some extent, it's not like it's not a crazy big deal, right? But Sean is just looking at like, oh, everyone's going to be talking. The neighbors are going to be talking. Like, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And he isn't really, I guess, because when you're not really kind of. There, you know, this hasn't happened to you, it, it can be hard to comprehend. So he's just like, sort it out, right? And then they leave, and we just see Kelly at the table, and the camera is moving away, and you, she's just got this look on her face, right? This look of just loss. You know, just loss, and you're just like, oh, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's just a little heartbreaking, right? And on top of all of this, we get these flashbacks to them as kids and being with their mum, right? So we get these nice little moments, but then we also get these moments of. The last moments they spent with her. And I think the big thing with this is. Like, because Kelly's younger. So she fell asleep. So she doesn't know everything that took place. But Lauren does. So now Lauren is, you know, I think all of this is now coming to the forefront. She's kind of buried it, buried it. Now it's all coming to the forefront And she's trying to deal with that She's trying to deal with the guilt That Should she have told her sister Has she handled things correctly Is she to blame for Kelly You know, disappearing For being Maybe not quite in tune with things so there's all of this that's going around And Yeah, like Veronica Their mum's sister She's just a bit like Oh You're you're like your mum And just, you know, no one seems to know How to handle the situation That's just compounding everything for these two And you are just on this roller coaster. You really are. And I have to say, there's a point towards the end of the film where, you know, you're watching it and then all of a sudden you're just like, wait, no. And literally, I'm just like, I just stopped breathing, man. Because you're just completely taken aback. It's just like, what the fuck has just Happened It's crazy And from that moment on It's fucking 
tense. It is so tense. You are on edge because you are thinking, oh no, like, oh no. And it gets to a point and you're like, oh, are they going to? They're not going to. They are not going to. It is a great ending. It's a great ending because you kind of feel there is some sort of closure. But then there's also these questions about what the fuck happens now, right? What the fuck happens now? But then there's this relief as well, right? It, it, it's just, man, it is handled so so well, I ain't mean, this for a debut fucking film. This is pretty fucking spectacular. It really is, right? And I think you know. So, uh, like after watching the film and everything like that, so I'm I have to get information so I can, you know, do the review all of this. Then you find out that, like, this was the last performance from McGowan. You know? Yeah, she died of cancer. And, you know, at the end of the film as well, there's a, you know, there's a tribute. And it's just... I don't know, it's sad. But you just think... Yo, for, you know, a lasting tribute to the talent, this was a fucking magnificent performance, right, this is, like, everyone that, you know, her family, her loved ones, you know, they can just see this and just just be, I don't know, it, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it is a fantastic, like, yeah, it's a fantastic performance, man, it really is, but, I mean, the film, yeah, so the film is playing on iPlayer until 8.30 on Tuesday, the 13th of October, so people, Watch the film. You know, get, like definitely, definitely see this film because it's yeah, it's something else. It's a fantastic it's a fantastic piece of movie watching. So um yeah, hats off to Kathy Brady. Nora Jane Noun and uh, Nikia McGowan. Wildfire people. Watch it. Please do start, Kevin. Thank you. Okay.
All right, this is great. Okay, so I am here. I need to switch off my phone, sorry. All right, no worries. That's all right. <laughs> Are we good? Okay, it was in silence, but um, there we go. I'm good to go. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so I'm here with Peter Marumi. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, very good. Close enough, Marumi. So that's passes. That's good. Okay, and um, yeah, so you've got a, you know a documentary showing at the London Film Festival. I am Samuel. Um, how did this come about? Because, you know, you know what I mean? We're dealing with some, yeah, like crazy things here. Like, and crazy in a way where in a lot of countries around the world, this, you know, it's not the same issue as it is in Kenya. So what brought you to attention of Samuel and Alex? Um, so this, it began with a, I like personal, very, very personal motivation. Like someone really close to me uh, was struggling. He's gay and is coming out to, to the family. And it was really difficult time for them. And uh, I remember figuring out, like I'm a filmmaker, like there must be a film that we could show your parents and they can understand what you're going through. But at that time we looked a film that could work in our context, I couldn't find it. So I said, ah, I will make the film. And that's why I started uh, looking around I, I, and I met Samuel. And then I just told Samuel the, the intention was, what the plan was. And he was like, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Because when I was younger, I, I, I thought I was the only gay person, especially in the village. And he said, like, it's really important to do this for the generations behind me at least they could see they're not alone. So that's what brought me. It started from a very personal uh, motivation and then it grew to the, to the film that now it's at London Film Festival. Okay. And like, what's been your experience in, you know, filmmaking? Oh, before I am Samuel. Mm -hmm. So um, this is, my first feature documentary but besides that i've been doing um for broadcast television i've been doing uh films but mostly social issues corruption for bbc uh africa eye or for al jazeera the african yeah. investigates so i have been doing lots of half hours and one hour documentaries for broadcast but this is my first time doing um, a feature length documentary okay so Right, so you now, you know, you, you, you're, the issue of your friend and you want to, you know, you want to bring this to the forefront. You want to show that, like, there's nothing crazy about this, right? So there's your feature documentary. Like, what's your vision? You know, what's your thought of how am I going to put this together? Did you have, like, a, an intrinsic plan or were you more let's just go with the flow. Let's just see what happens. And mm -hmm. as you go, actually, let's do this. Let's add this. Let's put this. Or, ooh, uh -huh. let, no, maybe we won't go that route. Okay. So, um, which 
initially like my style and what I am drawn to, like uh, I try to do like really, really intimate uh, uh, yeah. films or portraits. And so it was very important when I'm saying I was going to do this, it was clear that I wanted to to make a very uh, observational but very intimate film. So, and that is, I think, why it took five years because to, to get that really close, not just to Samuel, I had to get really close to the father and the mother and also get them to understand the film, but also break the barriers. Me not to be a visitor in that compound, me to be part of that family. So from the onset, I wanted to make something very intimate, something very observational, and something where I do not tell people, but I show people what is going on. Yeah. And when you're making something that's intimate, right? Because I think we all know, right? Like people always talk about reality TV and stuff like that. But once you know you're getting filmed, you act in a different way, right? Even if it's not necessarily intentional, you, you might change the way you speak or hold back from certain views or words and just thoughts. So how do you, how do you do this, right? Without people becoming a caricature of themselves, you know, showing the real selves, like talking about things, how they actually feel. How, how for you can you get that out of people? Yeah. So, okay, according to me, what you're uh, describing happened in the first and second year. But when I was in the third year filming, actually everybody, I was completely part of that furniture. Like that curtain was gone and I was getting real raw emotion and they were not acting for me. Yeah. Because for two years I've been in their lives recording all the time, I became very normal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Time was the medicine for that. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you forget about it. Like, at mm. the beginning, it's just like, I think there's a camera over there. Oh, let me oh, walk like this. And then it's just like, you know, after a while, it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> let me like, oh, <laughs> how long have you been there? <laughs> ah, nice. And did you, like, were there things that you changed halfway through? Or, you know, after viewing, you realize, oh, we don't kind of cover that, or we, we don't show this. Did you, like, did you have to go back and put anything in it? Take some uh, change? What was your... I never changed. Like, actually, the thing uh, with the film, I just filmed everything raw and natural as it happened. I never directed, if I missed it, I missed it. And then I made the film in the edit. Like that's when we went and like, what is the material telling us what's happening here? And we constructed the film um, in the edit table. But in terms of uh, filming, I was just ruled, whatever happened, happened and I recorded it. And if I thought it was a significant event, I took notes and then we dealt with it in the edit table. Okay, so there was no, so, yeah, your vision of this wasn't, okay, we're going to start with this and we're going to move to this and we'll end with it. It was just, I'm going to record 
over this period of time and from that footage i will create something yeah yeah like uh it was not altered i just i'm recording but obviously because you can't shoot everything there were those significant events so this is happening this is happening that i'll follow but uh, i didn't have when i'm shooting i didn't say i didn't know how it would end yeah it could have been a sad story like uh, if the father kicked him out and they've never reconciled that would have been the film mm. yeah. i mean like it's sad but you know what i mean it, it, as long as they get to live their lives the way they want to live their lives mm. you know because we only have so much control over people right and, and that's all we can do but yeah. Did you have any run-ins with, you know, the law? Like, what was it from that side of things? So, when, at the beginning of the process, we decided that um, for security reasons, like, uh, the crew has to be really small. So, it was only me shooting almost all the time and with a really small camera, a Sony S7S2. And so... In a sense, I did stand out. Even when people show, saw me in the streets filming, yeah. I looked like someone who's just uh, trying his luck. So I was very uh, small scale. And I think because of that, nothing happened okay. for us from the filming perspective. There was some violence to the uh, to someone, but that's because of the environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During filming, we got beaten up. But that not because of the crew. Okay. And, all right, so London Film Festival, there is... Well, actually, before we get to that, how did this get to show at the London Film Festival? Uh, no, we submitted. And uh, the film, we finished earlier in the year, and we did our premiere at the Hot Dogs Film Festival in Toronto. And then it showed at the Human Rights Watch uh, in New York. And then we had submitted and it got to London and we were so thrilled, we're so happy to, to share this film uh, with the audience in the UK. And hopefully they will learn something about Kenya, where I come from. Because yeah, it's no, not it, about gay rights, it's also about life in Kenya. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, that's big. Like your first hearing feature documentary and you get it at the you know, London Film Festival. Congratulations on that, man. But, why should people come to check this out, right? You, you, there's a load of things to, you know, pick from. If mm. you've got a, a limited time, limited budget, why should people come and watch I Am Samuel? Okay. I think I Am Samuel has everything. And um, it's a story about love. It's a story about resilience. And it's also a story about a gay man in Kenya who, despite it being illegal, he finds space to be who he is. And I think that's the ultimate hero. So I, and I think you will walk away after watching it, uh, having learned something, but having a lot of admiration for the two characters that are in this film. Terrific, man. That's fantastic. And how can people find out more information? Do you have a website? social media yeah so there's a website is uh it's uh we have a website it's called watch i am samuel.com and uh, we are on twitter at i am samuel film and we're also on facebook uh i am samuel 
okay and do you have yeah let's you know sorry could we just make this the last question please thank you yeah 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 um do you have um a deal for this to um you know play on like netflix or anything like that after the festival for the greater audience to be able to see not yet not yet nothing concrete at the moment Okay, well, you know, we'll stay tuned. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And um, yeah, again, congratulations, man. I hope, uh, yeah, people get to see it and people get to enjoy it. And good luck with what you do moving forwards. Okay, thank you. Okay, people, so I hope all of that was of interest to you. You enjoyed it. Remember, go to the BFI iPlayer and check out the films. Um, yeah, look, I am Samuel. It sounds really interesting. It was subtitled, so I couldn't see it, but check that out. Definitely check out Wildfire because, god damn it. That is tremendous and sound for the your, um sound for the future weird as hell but um yeah you might enjoy it people so check it out check out the BFI web website for you know all the other films that are showing all the other talks the events you ain't enjoy yourselves people we will be back tomorrow with free films so until then enjoy your evening peace